Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to another Winter Meetings edition of the Giant Splash and A's Plus podcast. Boy, these are a lot of fun. I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. As always, I'm here with Susan Slusser, the A's beat reporter for the Chronicle, on a jam-packed day of news. Yeah, for Invol- you, for you, Henry, you're well, the one you, with the news today. Well, you had a bit of a scoop. We'll talk a about that bit of a too. Scoop, but not real news. You had actual. You had something going. You had a transaction. Yes. For the yeah. first time, there are two transactions. Right. For the first time since 1874, the Giants actually <laughs> did something at the winter meeting. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that here. Um, I, I guess I should get right into it. Since I it, think you should, because that's the news. Of the, day. the news of the day. Um, the Giants uh, signed a, a starting pitcher, Kevin Gausman, who um, w- really came up with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, he's 28 years old, right-handed. Uh, pitcher who struggled a lot last year. Uh, they signed him to a one-year $9 million contract. Incentives can make it uh, $10 million. So essentially what they did there is they gave the money that they were going to give to Kevin Pillar, would have had to give Kevin Pillar, and they now have a starting pitcher. Um, and then they also made a trade with the Angels where uh, for a player to be named or cash, they acquired Zach Kozart, veteran infielder and 2017 All-Star with the Reds, uh, and uh, his $12.6 million in salary that they're taking on, and they did that so they could also get the real prize in that trade. Will Wilson, uh, who was their first round, the Angels' first round draft pick in um, 2019, uh, a middle infielder that they feel has plus to maybe a little bit above plus power on base guy, which Farhan Zaidi and Billy Bean both like so the giants are actually Boy, for a salary dump uh, that's a little bit of a I, for the angels that's given up a lot for us to dump some salary yeah uh some teams are just uh they they want to dump some teams want to dump salary more than others and you remember the angels might have somebody they could give that 12.6 million dollars to huh i wonder who that could be have they been connected at all with garrett cole <laughs> yes yes and uh, of course garrett cole was a big topic of conversation at the state of the scott boris uh, scrum today which was ab- absolutely hilarious he he did some bird impressions, I think, and then he uh, he was also wearing uh, a Boris Corp uh, logo windbreaker, which uh, I want one of those, actually, to be honest. And the, the, they had the Boris Corp backdrop. The Boris Corp backdrop. Yeah, right. that's the first time we've seen the banner with the Boris Corp. I know uh, they wheeled it in, and we couldn't believe it. Yeah, um, it was pretty. It was that was something else. Yeah. So yeah, I. Uh, uh, the Dog and Pony Show with Scott Boris, I think, is my favorite. Day oh, it's of, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, yeah I, I wasn't. I, I didn't hear a word you said. I didn't even get in there. In fact, there's a picture of me on social media of me actually walking away from it, and somebody, one of my Twitter followers, posted it. Um, but you know, the Giants are probably not playing at that end of the market. Right. Uh, they have met with Scott Boris, but Scott also has some other guys they'd be interested in who aren't Garrett Cole. I mean, he he has uh, Nick Castellanos, the outfielder. Uh, for instance, he also has Hun Jin Ryu. The, the Giants are still going to need maybe another starter, maybe a left-hander. So that's somebody that Boris uh, represents. Uh, but today was just big because uh, I mean, last year the Giants made a total of uh, three major league acquisitions all offseason in Farhan's first year. Uh, and, and they were really, I mean, they re-signed um, 
uh, Derek Holland. They got they got Drew Pomerantz, which ended up is another story. Turned out to be a good deal for them when they flipped them, uh, and then they uh, signed the switch pitcher Pat Venditti, who you know really never never really made it to the majors. Now here at the winter meetings on December the 9th, the Giants actually have a bona fide uh, major league starter for their rotation, um, a an infielder who uh, Cozart who is rehabbing. He's going to be rehabbing. He had shoulder surgery. Um, it was the Angels' misfortune that uh, they signed him to a three-year uh, deal well worth well more than $30, well over $30. Then he hurt his shoulder right away, and he was a nothing for them. Um, and uh, and also, you know, basically they bought a first-round pick. Uh, and so so that's a big deal. And uh, they're not done. The Giants are not done. They say they're not done. Uh, but you kind of can believe Farhan Zaidi now when he uh, looks at you and says, you know, we are going to be active. And, and that's what he said yesterday. Yeah, well, you know, and I I enjoy the Boris Grom days. And for some, you know, you mentioned you, you're you sort of strolling away from the Boris thing, which is hilarious. I almost never jump in there because the A's aren't going to ever do anything like sign Garrett Cole. Um, once in a while, he'll have somebody, you know, a little bit on the more bargain end that I'll jump in and ask about. Today, I was asking people about a Boris client, Matt Wieters, the Matt catcher. Matt Wieters, switch hitting catcher. I decided not to usurp the entire Scott Boris press conference today with Matt Wieters' questions. But it should have been the first question. It should have been the first, and maybe with a follow-up or something. I think I would have been murdered. Um, I the, the A's are talking to Scott Boris about Matt Wieters, as it turns out. Uh, he's a guy that fits the profile of what they're looking for. He's a switch hitting catcher. They, they're looking for a left-hander or switch hitter. Uh, he's a veteran, and that's very much what they need with a rookie catcher like Sean Murphy. Uh, I think Bob Melvin likes the group of young catchers that they have right now. They've got three on the on the forty man, but but between them, they don't have even a hundred major league at bats. So, um, you know, every manager was like one experienced catcher to show guys the ropes and to work with the pitchers, and um, you know, they know the league. A bunch of rookie catchers aren't going to. So I think uh, all things being equal, the A's would like a veteran. Weeders also isn't going to be super expensive, and he's probably willing to do a one-year deal. He did a one-year, $1.5 million deal with the Cardinals last year. They liked him enough that they'd like to bring him back, that he might, they might be the A's top uh, competition for Weeders. Um, but I think the A's might go two or three. They only spent a million for a backup catcher last year that didn't work out all that well with Chris Herman. Uh, so Weeders, with, with Stephen Vote, our friend, gone, I think uh, Weeders right now is one of their targets. There are probably others. I am told that the A's have not called on Jason Castro, who, for my money, would be the ideal guy. A Bay, a bay Area kid. Bay area An East guy. Bay kid. Not East, just a Bay Area Castro kid. Valley and a Stanford guy, Henry. Of so, course he is. So, so, of course, he would be ideal. Well, the Giants once had Tyler Walker from Cal. <laughs> the A's have way too many Cal guys. Let's just face it. Oh, that's and that, true. Like yeah. that Marcus Simeon. And Mar- We're going to Mar- talk about Mar- him a little bit later. We are. Yeah. Marcus Simeon, Mark Hanna. Ugh, what are they even doing on their team? I'm uh, joking. They're very good. Um, so I, the, the A's haven't called on Castro because he wants a three-year deal, and he should get one. You know, he's a he's a very good player, and, and uh, you know, he's, he's had a nice career with the Astros and Twins. So the fact that the A's have not called on him when he seems like he would be a great fit for them means they are still sort of angling towards that one to two million dollar kind of guy. If they can get Weeders for that, he might be the guy. Well, let me, I mean, since you mentioned Stephen Vogt, here's a guy who just he completely reestablished himself um, as a, a really good left-handed hitting catcher, which, you know, like Castro, you're saying it's not 
a cheap commodity no. to get. And, uh, I mean, Vote's not the defensive catcher he once was. Never was really considered a great defensive catcher, but he can hit. Right. Uh, and uh, here the A's had an opportunity, if they wanted, to uh, sign him. Uh, he got the Diamondbacks gave him a guarantee of $3 million, a yeah. drop in the bucket. Yeah. He has a vesting option if he vests the option, and it's a two-year, $7 million deal. That was too rich for the A's blood? That is too rich for the A's blood. I really think they liked that $1 million on a backup catcher last year. I think they would be interested in something sort of in that range. I don't think when they talked to Jonathan Lucroy last year, I don't think they even wound up offering wound up offering him $3 million. And he'd done a nice job for them the year before. Uh, and there were certainly a lot of people that wanted to bring him back. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's an area where they feel like they can maybe go a little, little bit cheap and still get a veteran i don't know if they can get weeders but they're certainly trying but not sadly not jason castro now i can't remember if i mentioned this on the day one podcast from the winter meetings um because i lost a several thousand brain cells since yesterday but uh farhan zaidi uh had talked earlier in the off season about acquiring a backup catcher maybe with experience to replace uh vote uh, he kind of backed off that yesterday. I think I did talk about it a little bit. He kind of backed off that uh, yesterday. He said, you know, I'm open to listening, uh, but now maybe we're just going to let uh, Aramis Garcia, uh, we're going to see what he can do. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've got Joey Bart coming, so it's not something they would want to sign a guy for for two years. I believe they have a veteran catcher of some sort on that roster, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. and uh, maybe, <laughs> I maybe think we'll talk- I've heard of one. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about this in the second half of this podcast, but... Uh, Boy, I tell you what, Gabe Kapler is a big, a big Buster Posey fan. He's really leaning, leaning heavily on him. Um, I want to talk to you about a big day for Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks, and why don't we do that right after this? You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Susan Slusser is here, the A's beat reporter for The Chronicle. I'm Henry Shulman, the Giants beat reporter. We're back Alive from San Diego, day two of the... Did you say live or alive? Alive. alive barely alive. Barely alive. <laughs> um, almost at the end of day two of the winter meetings, which are essentially a three-day affair. Uh, they'll wrap up on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, they have the uh, the Rule 5 draft, which is something that gets way too much ink compared to what actually happens in the, the season with the, the Rule 5 guys who are selected. And just before the break... Uh, I brought up the names Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks. And why did I bring them up? Well, the uh, Major League Baseball has started a new sort of postseason recognition. I'm not quite sure whether you call it an award because it's a lot of awards. It's a postseason team, all sort of an all-star team, if you were, with no all-star game. The all-MLB team, and there's also a second team. Uh, it's a panel of 30 media members, uh, officials, former players. I'm, full disclosure, I'm on that panel. And um, a fan online fan vote. And Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks were on the second team. I would argue strongly they both should have been first team. Um, Xander Bogarts beat out Marcus uh, Simeon uh, for the first spot. On East the, Coast bias. He, he, maybe. Uh, 
you will have noticed that Marcus Simeon finished third in the MVP vote, <laughs> and Xander yeah, Bogarts did not. <laughs> third in the MVP, and he didn't even get on the first team of the All MVP. Yeah. So I mean, and and he and Marcus was asked about that, and he said, you know, we both had great seasons. That's fantastic. And he pointed out that Bogarts had 30 more RBIs than he did, and I, you know, so that's very. Uh, I, I remember talking to Marcus several times about the MVP race, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's Ma- it's Mike Trout." So he just is not a guy who overvalues his his own accomplishments at all. He's certainly willing to give credit to, to everyone else, and, and you like to see that. And Liam Hendricks was just marvelous. Um, Philly, he saved the A season, you know, when Blake Trinan went south as fast as he Blake did. Blake Trinan, who's still out there, by the way. He's, there's a lot of interest in him. Yeah, oh, no, um, no. I haven't yeah. written about this. At some point I might, but I've been asked by a lot of people from teams that are looking about Trinan, about Trinan and his season and what's he like and all that kind of stuff. And there's a ton, based on that, there is a ton of interest. Uh, the A's had said that they were still talking to him, but I, my understanding is the A's feel like they probably aren't going to be able to match whatever some other teams are doing with Blake Trine. And I think there's going to be enough uh, interest out there in that. He, he might wind up with getting a pretty good deal. You know, maybe not what he would have gotten in arbitration where he was looking at about $8 million, but he, he's going to do pretty well and probably, from what I'm hearing, wind up with a pretty good team. Yeah, now uh, I do. I have another. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Simeon in a minute, but just to bring this back to the Giants because that's what I always do. I mean, you know, this is supposed to be oh, a 50, this is supposed to be a fifty-fifty <laughs> podcast here. Um, so here's Kevin Gausman, this guy who, or, you know, who I mean, he had a terrible year last year. He got uh, shoved out of the rotation, uh, ended up in the bullpen in Cincinnati, uh, and yet the Giants are giving him nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, there were a lot of teams after him too. It's, it's the tr- what you were saying about Trinan sort of brought this into my mind. Uh, I mean, the Dodgers were interested in him. The Mets were interested in him. So why? Well, uh, Gausman's a guy who, I mean, he has experience. Uh, he has postseason experience. Uh, just two seasons ago, he had 10 fantastic starts for the Braves after a midseason deal to help them uh, get to the playoffs for the first time in, in forever. But uh, apparently what happened was he lost a split-finger fastball, right. and that is a huge pitch for him. Once he got back to the uh, into the bullpen, he had a chance to pitch more frequently, and, and a lot of times that can help you rediscover a pitch that you've lost. And he needs that pitch. And in an era where baseballs fly, the splitter, uh, which is essentially a changeup, we used to call it the split finger fastball. It's not; it's a changeup. That's like the one pitch. If you leave that up, it just basically has a hit me sign on it. And it's interesting when I go up to the booth now because of the changes with the Giants. When I go up to their suite, you have a, G- a GM who was with the Dodgers two years ago, and uh, I'm sorry, a president of baseball operations who was with the Dodgers two years ago and Giants last year, a new GM who was with the Cubs, and a new manager who was with the Phillies. They all come with their different perspectives on all the players who are out there. And to a man, all three of them said that they wanted to get Kevin Gausman last year. Or oh, after, wow. Yeah, after the season. He's a guy that, that they looked at um, who uh, – and they've already talked to him. You know, in the free agent process, they talked to him about some of the changes they hope to make or some of the coaching they hope to do. And apparently um, he was he was receptive to it. So when, when fans look at that $9 million price tag for – and compared to the ERA, before they clutch their chest, they they should keep that in mind. Um, and I, okay, I uh, I did uh, foreshadow that I was going to ask you another uh, Simeon uh, question. Um, he had something to say today about the Astros scandal, the uh, the sign stealing scandal, specifically that one of his current teammates, the former Astro pitcher Mike Mike Fires, 
was actually the one who spilled the beans on it, which is very, very unusual. Uh, what was Marcus's take on that? Well, you know, everybody's been asking anyone A's related here about all anybody is talking about in this winter meetings. I'm finding maybe it's my AL West bias, but everybody is talking about the Astros scandal kind of nonstop. So the A's people are getting asked about it wherever they go. Um, and Marcus Simeon was no different today. He gets on the all MLB second team. And uh, one of the first questions is about Mike Fires, And he said, I respect what he said. And he, what he essentially said, and I'm paraphrasing, um, is, look, he's saying this about his former team. You have to take that seriously. Like, there, there's validity when it's somebody talking about their former team. And he said, all the players want is a, a level playing field. This is a team that's in the A's division. They're trying to beat them. The A's would like to win the division. They want to know that uh, things are on the level. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of been the main takeaway from all the A's people. Bob Melvin said yesterday, like, he applauds Mike Fires for coming out and saying something. Uh, and Billy Bean said, you know, anybody – He's surprised that there's been even any backlash about fires. You know, that people are like, oh, he's snitching or he's got an axe to grind against his former team. Billy's like, yeah, you know what? Everybody should want to get to the bottom of this. And I find it strange if people think that that like we shouldn't know if there are allegations of cheating. We should know. Yeah. And this is going to be a big can of worms because now you have two managers and Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran who were all part of the, uh, they were, they were a uh, fruit from the poison tree, so to speak. And yeah. Alex could be Cora a, was the bench coach. Yeah. And, and, and Carlos Beltran was uh, a player on the 2017 Astros. And uh, he, he always was credited as one of those guys who was great at stealing signs. So, mm, so was Cora. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Cora too. So, um, yeah, so, well, okay, that issue is over for the rest of the season. Nobody's going to be talking about no, that anymore. No. It's, it's all done. Now that done. we've covered it. <laughs> it's, it's all about baseball now. Um, before we wrapped up, I just wanted to add a few little notes uh, that really are much ado uh, about, uh, really don't have anything to do with uh, the Giants uh, season or the A's season on my end. But um, John Barr, who was the longtime amateur scouting director uh, for the Giants before he was replaced uh, last, uh, last year, um, he uh, is going to be honored tomorrow. Uh, as the East Coast Scout of the Year. They give a scouting award each year. They give four of them geographically, uh, East Coast, Midwest, West Coast, and International. And that's a great honor for, for John. And, and And something else I found out really funny today, um, two former Giants uh, who are not necessarily known for uh, their bats. Uh, Brett Pill is going to be the double-A hitting coach for the Dodgers in Tulsa, Oklahoma, huh. and the Dodgers AAA hitting coach uh, in Oklahoma City, uh, they like Oklahoma down there in Los Angeles, is going to be Emmanuel Burris. Oh. So it's not just a one-way street where the Dodgers people come up here. They uh, There are Giants people who, who go down there. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. You never think of that. You got anything like that? Um no, not really. Uh, you know, the guys don't have like a like a rival that is the same as Giants Dodgers. Um, but you know what? I was talking to someone in the Giants front office today, and not Farhan. Everyone knows I know Farhan, obviously from the A's days. So it was not Farhan; it was someone else. And I said, "Are the A's and Giants ever going to make a trade? Because that's the, that's the thing that never happens: is A's Giants mm-hmm. trades." And he said, "Yes, it's going to happen." Oh yeah, I, I, I'm sure they're talking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the last A's Giants trade Darren was uh, Jimmy Fox <laughs> for no, yeah. What, what was it? It was Darren uh, Lewis, right? Yeah, Dar- Darren Lewis. Uh, yeah. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. They also don't make trades with the Dodgers either. Uh, well, so yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But I think there'll be a trade with the A's before there's a trade with yeah. the Dodgers, even though the Dodgers. Uh, 
you know, former GM, a good friend of Andrew Friedman's, uh, his confidant is, is up here. It's funny, they make trades with uh, basically everybody in their division. I mean, they, yeah. they, they have no problem doing that. Well, that's changing. I mean, I think that's changing now where everybody has all the information about everybody else. And I, I think teams are more uh, apt to, or I think they're more open to making a trade within division if it helps both teams. Because usually it's going to be uh, something that maybe helps one team for the now and the other team for the future. It's not right. usually going to be a trade that is going to make maybe make the other team beat you to win the division that year. So. Um, so you, yeah, let's, let's do it. And I'm, I'm still waiting for the first Giants, uh, multiple team trade, three team trade, four, I mean, Billy we discussed that yesterday. That. And I yeah. think, I think that we, uh, you know, Farhan, if he could get in on one of those, he would do it. Absolutely. He keep on adding to teams to it. You know, it could be a seven, eight team trade. Oh yeah. Let's yeah. do a seven, eight team. <laughs> well, thank you, Susan. This was great. Again, um, uh, we will do this at least one more time after the Fantastic. third and final day of the winter meetings on Wednesday. So you have a great night. And back at you. Thanks again for listening to this joint Giants Double Play and A's Plus podcast. We'll have another one after day three of the winter meetings on Wednesday. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. Hey, 